Hello, for this episode, we're going to be talking about boys' issues. We're going to have topics about maturity, toxic masculinity, and male stereotypes. And something that I think is a pretty big problem within people my age, especially me too, I, I have this problem as well, is, is pride. Right Now, people can be satisfied with slash by their achievements, and that's, that's fine. That's good, actually. Bad pride is when one exaggerates this good feeling, right? Don't get me wrong, pride is good. Too much is bad. You may ask, when do I know when I'm becoming prideful and not prideful, okay? Is when one exaggerates this good feeling, right? Don't get me wrong, pride is good. Too much is bad. You may ask, when do I know when I'm becoming prideful and not prideful okay this is how i see it when you're unable to take criticism and listen to others when your sense of self-worth makes it so you have less sense of worth for others when you think you are better than others and respect only your achievements and not others right and there's the reason why pride is bad tldr is because you're unable to take criticism as a result of this delusion of grandeur or a grandiose self, right? Now, you might be saying, oh, uh, people, a lot of people say that self-esteem, having a high self-esteem is good. Mm. But self-esteem kind of sounds like pride. Now, yes, well, we're very similar. But where one is realistic and dignified the other is delusioned and dangerous. Right. This is bad pride. There is a good pride, of course. When you acknowledge your achievements and that gives you self-worth. Yeah, like as you said, I think there are two types of, um, of pride and like there's a difference between pride and like confidence or like high self-esteem. You know, like showing off and, you know, being arrogant is kind of different to being confident. So spot on yeah yeah i think it's it's oh it's like an excessive amount of arrogance or yeah for one so now i'll be talking about pleasing others and showing off which falls under maturity i think that pleasing others and showing off it really goes on us as we go through year seven eight nine ten especially when you're at uh crc st albans uh when you're pleasing others and showing off um when you really want to fit in in a friend group and all that, you really want to do what you think will make the others happy and what will make you fit in more, as I was saying. Anyone yeah. else does anything that? Yeah, that's right. Because, like, I think, um, especially, like, our age, um, a lot of boys, like, you know, it's, you know, for us boys, it's kind of hard to admit that we're, like, weak, to admit that we are afraid of something. So we try to please others. We try to kind of you know just to fit in as you said like just to show people that now we're like strong enough or we're not yeah so pleasing others and showing off is is a is a is an issue actually and yeah what do you think Philip? it's gotten much better you know i from movies and media and whatnot which isn't a reliable source of course but decades ago the world was a lot more conservative. Now it's progressive and men are showing 
they're more sensitive sites. So yes, it's still a problem, but I see it diminishing over time. Yeah, that's true. Because like tech, not technology, but like media has kind of helped in some ways. And uh, yeah. So yeah. we're also going to be talking about um, toxic masculinity, which is um, again a problem that a lot of a lot of males have, and you know, dealing with emotion. Um, Things like peer pressure as well, because it's um, kind of related to what we we're talking about, um, like pleasing others, showing off. So peer pressure. Um, so there's like a pressure from society. There's a lot of pressure from uh, like people around you, and it, again, it depends on your environment and your friends. Um, but yeah, back to the toxic masculinity. Um, I think it's bad, very bad, and dealing with emotion. A lot of men just don't show or express their emotions because simply that's just how society kind of wants them to behave. Yeah, what do you think? So, yeah, I really do agree with you there. With peer pressure, as we're growing older, we know really not to get pushed by anyone because we are older, we, we've learned more, we're more mature now. And yeah, Philip, you have anything to say about this? Okay. I think you guys have the wrong sense of what a like peer pressure is. It's not like you do it, do it, do it, do it, Johnson, do it, Johnson. It's not like that, okay? It's like, hey yo, give me a name. Hey yo, George, uh, come do this thing that you don't want to do. Come here, do this thing that you don't want to do. And they're like, nah, I'm okay, bro. They're like, okay, that's fine. Uh, we're gonna do it, dog. So see you, bro. Yeah, that's not that's how it is. Yeah. It's a lot more subtle and hard to pick up on, right? And so I don't think people are grown up and know more and stuff because people haven't experienced it, right? I know firsthand since I've done a lot of stupid stuff because of it. And I kind of want to do it, but... Once you get into those situations, like you pick up on the small things, and those small things are kind of why people do what they do, right? It's and sometimes you're being targeted, like, hey, your name, you do it, you do it, or it's a lot of people doing it, and you're the only one not doing it, so you kind of don't have anonymity. Hey, dude, we learned this in psychology, didn't we? Yeah. Um, so you don't have anonymity, anonymity, it's like the normative influence and stuff. Yeah. Like when a lot of people so, just agree to do something or, um, yeah, they just like want to do whatever it is. You just want to do it because you want to fit in and you want to belong to the group because it's hard like to just be left out. Exactly. So yeah. there's a lot more factors to it than just... Yeah. Right. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> so that's our thoughts and our opinions. Um, now we're going to be interviewing a special guest speaker who is Mr. Marshall, Mr. Dale Marshall, and um, hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. With us today, we have Mr. Dale Marshall. Welcome, Mr. Marshall. How are you? I'm good, Alex um, and Jude and Philip. So thanks for ha um, having me here, I guess, with you guys today. Before we ask you any questions, 
could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so look, um, I'm a, a teacher at CRC St Albans. I've been teaching now for 18 years. Um, previous to teaching at CRC, I, I taught in a school, a government school in, in St Albans as well. Um, I have a my family, so I have a lovely wife and her name's Diane and I've got two kids, Jasmine and Olivia. Um, and they're both in primary school at Emmaus um, Primary School and we're part of the parish as well, um, the Emmaus and Sacred Heart Parish. Um, I play football. I've been playing football for many years. Um, I'm 40, so I turned 40 this year and I'm still playing football. And the reason I'm kind of alluding to that is I think it will come out in some of the questions um, for today as well. And I've got four brothers. So I, was, I was raised in a household of five boys and by a, a single parent, by my father, Richard. So that's me in a nutshell, fellas. So I'll be talking about maturity, Mr. Marshall here. Uh, the first question I have for you is, what is a male's rite of passage? What age, event, or experiences makes a boy a man? In reflecting on this question, look, I think it comes down to self-awareness, okay? So the first step to understanding ourselves um, is so important. Um, it is a skill that needs to be developed and no one has that automatically. It's just like anything, any other skill, you need to develop it, you need to practice it, um, you need to kind of bring it to life. Um, by this, I mean knowing our capabilities and knowing, our, knowing oneself. Um, we can do this by practicing, like I said, Okay, organizing our, our daily routines, you know, getting up, getting up for in the morning, um, whether it's for work or for um, school, are all part of the skills you need. Okay, for maturity. Um, you know, at school, we, we can do this by practicing um, self awareness through prioritizing, um, organizing ourselves. Some things at school, such as the gem reflections that we do, we encourage you guys to do in your, in your um, school diaries, so each and every day to do those gem reflections. So gem being gratitude, empathy, and mindfulness is a really good way to help you, okay, be self-aware and organized. Um, some, of the, some of the other things that come to mind is, um, we, all, we are all going to find ourselves in a difficult or bad situation, all right? So I think being able to kind of de-escalate and, and know what to do okay is so important but it also comes back down to the environment that you put yourself in and the people you surround yourself with and um, to me if you find yourself and the people that know you really well if you find yourself in a difficult or bad situation and you find yourself escalating and you need to bring yourself down obviously mindfulness practices do help okay knowing yourself and what you're capable of it helps but also the people around you so if you're in a in a problematic or difficult situation the people around you can obviously kind of steady you away or kind of encourage you to kind of come away and they also can support you so I think maturity is not it's not a journey you take on yourself I think you use the people around you whether that's friendship groups and I know at adolescents your friendship groups are um, hold a very high power or status um, during adolescence but you know you've got your family there as well that love you dearly and um, you know your teachers that love you as well so I'll just give you the three, oh, look, the three C's to take with you. I call these the three C's, and they're pretty simple. Philip, you'll like this one, okay? It's to be cool, calm, and collected, okay? And the only way you can be cool, calm, and collected is making sure that you are self-aware, making sure that you obviously are kind of, admitted, uh, I guess, you are doing mindfulness practices to help yourself calm down. I'm still learning to do that today.
Okay, and it's not something that you just do straight away and you've got it as an adolescent. Over time, as a 40-year-old, I'm still learning, okay, to remind myself to de-escalate when I need to. What's the difference between those three things? I think cool, when I say cool, I'm not saying a cool breeze, or I'm not saying cool with a, you know, sunnies or anything like that that you might see in Hollywood. I'm talking about, obviously, someone that's obviously got a, a mindset, okay, that is relaxed, that is um, aware is what I'm looking for. When I talk about being calm, okay, it's about being in control and so many times and it's okay to be out of control, okay? We, we experience that all the time, but I think it's about knowing when you're in a situation and knowing what to do in that situation or being calculated. And the last one, they're being collected, okay? It's put, it's brings, it, it brings the cool and the calm together, okay? It's that kind of overall, that, that I know, umbrella that brings everything together and holds it, in, holds it together, I guess. It might be the structure or the support network around it. So three C's, gentlemen. Cool, calm, and collected. Easily said than oh, done. C's. I thought you said seeds. I was confused. Oh, okay, okay. no seeds. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Cool, calm, and collected. The three C's of maturity or being aware. Uh, so my qu second question for you, Mr. Marshall, is how can we better aware of our actions and de-escalate a bad situation? I think I've started on that already, um, Alex. I might have gone a step further there. But like I said, it's de escalation. It's, a, it's something that we um, really work with our students. We do every lesson at school. Um, at the start of each lesson, we, which we, either use, we either use a positive primer, a reflection, a prayer, or a de escalation activity just to help engage our students into the environment that they're coming into. So I think de escalation is a, something that we practice daily as teachers with our students. Um, and I think that's that's so important, and that's building your mindfulness, that's building your awareness, um, your self-efficacy, and so on. And again, I'll finish off with the three Cs: cool, calm, and collected. Is where we want, want to try and get ourselves into. Yeah. So my final question to you before I send it over to Philip is: I do believe male mat males mature later than females. How can we catch up? You know what, boys. Um, it's, it's kind of sad but true. It's pretty much how the world operates. And I guess it comes down to the science of the brain. And look, I won't go into in, in depth with this, but in it, pretty much to explain it, females' brains establish connections, okay, a lot quicker than ours do as males. All right, that, that's the fact. It's like this. Um, we got, you got a tree, okay, both trees, you plant a seed. And I did say seed, Philip. Okay, you plant a seed. And this seed starts to grow. Okay, one's a male seed, one's a female seed. Let's just say that. Now, they grow at the same state, right? But what happens is, okay, they both start to blossom. The, the branches kind of um, kind of start to develop, leaves start to develop. What happens is the female's brain gets pruned a lot earlier than the male's brain gets pruned and more often. So the female's brain gets pruned more often. And what happens is these connections start firing a little bit quicker, okay, because there's less to look after. So the females... Um, maturity rate is a lot quicker than what the males is. The males take a little bit longer. Now, we're still getting pruned, okay, but and not as often, and it just takes us longer to get to that stage of maturity, okay, as equal to our female counterparts. But, boys, there's a, lot, a, a long time ahead for maturity for us, okay? It's approximately, okay, anywhere between the ages of 30 to 40 that a male will, will, will mature. Okay, and I'm not talking about just physically. I'm not talking about the physical changes that have happened. They happen during adolescence. Okay, and they will 
definitely happen throughout that kind of um, that stage of your lifespan. But I'm talking about your mental maturity as well, and that takes time. So I'm 40, so I'm just about, I'm now starting to mature. Okay? And if you ask my wife, Mrs. Marshall, she'd probably agree with you, I, I reckon. Well, thank you for answering my questions about maturity. Now I'll send it over to Philip, who will be talking about values and virtues. Okay, I want to take a step back to when you said that it was a skill to be self-aware. And I definitely agree with that. I think virtue is a skill. Like, to some degree, you are born with virtues like empathy or whatnot. But people get to there. People develop and have those virtues. Uh, so it's something you can improve on. Yeah, definitely. So that's why I think, like you said, if you're self-aware, you could have incentive to improve and kind of skip those years where you where you biologically can't. Yeah, you're spot on, Philip. You know what? And that's I can't articulate my words. No, no, no. I know exactly what you were alluding to there. You're spot on. So the average male, on average, females mature faster than males. But that's not always the status quo. That's not always the way it operates. Okay, some males will mature faster than females. Okay, when we're talking about physic, whether we're talking about physical maturity or we're talking about um, intellectual or mental maturity, okay, or social maturity, like it definitely, yeah, males can and males will mature faster than females. But just on average, okay, on average, females do mature faster than males. But you're spot on. Yeah, if someone's putting the effort into it, okay, and they've got the right environment to blossom and grow, and someone's pruning them. Remember I said the plant, someone's pruning them, okay, that's someone, that's the support network that's helping that person to mature. They might have someone modeling maturity, so therefore they know what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it feels like. So you're spot on. So it's all about our environment, our network, our connections, and that's all going to help us with our maturity rate. More for that social and that intellectual maturity. Physical, we don't have control of that. Actually, you do to some extent with food and nutrition and, and physical activity, how you look after yourself. Um, but I think the other one, the other two are so important about your environment and, and the people around you. Thanks for that, Phil. You're spot on. Okay. When you see a man, what do you think of the virtues and values he holds? Let when me I see phrase it, like have a document wrote it. What do you believe okay. should be the key values and virtues of a man? I'm pretty sure we're... Um, the virtues of, of men, pretty much, it's pretty simple, okay? And, and we're obviously, um, majority of people within our school community um, are part of the Catholic faith. And I think that's a great place to start from. I don't think the virtues of a male are any different to that of a female. I think that they have the, we have the same kind of um, expectations. I know for my kids, whether they're male or female, I want them to be, obviously, have, to have the same virtues, same values. And I think they come down to these ones here. Okay, and it's pretty simple, and they might even um, work in line with our school values. So respect ourselves. And when I talk about respecting ourselves, I'm talking about in our actions, in our conversations, okay, how we move around. So how we move around daily with people. The other one is respect for others. And this is how we treat others. And how do we and do we listen to these people? So pretty much treat others how you want to be treated. Um, the other one I've got there is respect for an environment. Um, the environment provides so much for us. 
okay? It, it, it provides us food, it, it provides us water, it provides us all the ingredients we need to successfully live a long, I guess, successful, lasting life. And if we think back to our ancestors, if we think back to our um, Aboriginal community, they really knew what it meant to look after the environment. You look after the environment, the environment gives you back tenfold. And I, I think that's a nice way to, those values and virtues are so important that we're kind of connected or we're kind of one with the earth. And, um, you know, different kind of um, groups or tribal groups or cultural groups will obviously have that connection really well. But I think as society, we're really truly starting to understand that now, the, the, so, the importance of, of the earth and looking after it because it gives us back so much. Um, Aboriginal tribes, um, th there were groups called semi-nomads. And semi-nomads, uh, people or groups, that would that have a like a, a home, okay, or a place that they called home, or a place or location they called called home. But what they would do is they then move around, okay, and they, they were seasonal. So every season they'd move around to a different place. They'd migrate to a different place. They'd live there. They'd um, live off the land in that area. Once they're finished living off the land, they then move off to another place, okay. And then they do the same thing in that place and they keep moving. Each time they move, they're given that, that place that they just left, an opportunity to grow, to blossom and so on. So then next time they come around, they're 12 months later, they come back to that, that place, okay, it's provided for them again. There's growth there, okay, there's food there, there's food sources are there for them, all right. So I guess values and virtues come down to about respect of yourself, respect of others and respect of the environment. Mm-hmm. Clear and cut. You know, and that's, I guess, it's it's all, those, all those things, Phil, come down together with the love of God, okay? And I'm not just saying it from a Catholic perspective. You now, it's something I truly believe in. I myself have been kind of, I guess, it's been instilled from me from a young age as well is just the love of God. And um, this helps brings us closer to God, but also um, helps us kind of live out those values, okay, with other people. And, yeah, I think, and the last one for me is, now, like I said, I was raised to kind of um, respect my elders, okay? So respect those people that are older than you because they've got something to teach you, they've got something to pass on, but also have a really good respect for women. And like I said, I was raised in a household of um, of boys. So I had you know, myself and four other brothers of five boys and then my, my dad. So that aspect of really respecting women was something that really, was really celebrated in my household. Mm-hmm. So, what about unrealistic perceptions and expectations of women portrayed in social media and TV? How do these affect women? And how can we make them feel more accepted and confident, as you said, respecting women? That is such a beautiful question you guys have actually put there. And I'm glad that that's coming from young males, because that is so, so important, gents. And I tell you now, I think you just got to look at the role models that you've got in your life. Um, and I'm sure there's positive role models out there that obviously do know how okay, to convey a, a positive image, I guess, to people. And that comes down to whether it's your male role models, whether it's a female role model, okay, and how you actually might communicate with females. And I think it comes through, down to um, respect, the same way you respect yourself is how we want to make sure we're respecting women. It's the same way, okay? So the same way you look after yourself, we have those same expectations when we talk about with women as well. Um, there's perceptions that we see out there, okay, um, whether they're obviously images, um, whether it's obviously videos, okay, and how you how, how those, uh, and we might even allude to things like such as pornography, 
pornography is not real. It's not real. There's nothing real about pornography. Pornography is actions. It's it, there's someone obviously. There's a producer. There's camera work. There's people obviously behind the scenes trying to make this video, okay, an unrealistic video, okay, or portrayal of um, you know two people, okay, coming together. And I think it's so important that we understand that that's not real and that's not love. And we need to make sure we stay away from those as well when we're in a in a loving relationship. Okay, with someone. Um, I think when we talk about perceptions, um, it, really, it really does worry me um, more so at this day of age because you guys have a, a lot more kind of a connection with kind of social media and these kind of messages or subliminal messages are being thrown at you so often, okay? And I just really encourage all young people out there, even young adults, to make sure that you know what the difference is to what's real and what's not real. And if you do need to talk to someone about it, reach out. And it's not just about obviously kind of reaching out to to um, to adults, reach out to your friends as well. So it's so important that we understand that what you see in social media, okay, sometimes, not all the time, okay, is not real. Images is what I'm, I'm alluding to there as well, videos and so on. Yeah. It reminds me too. Uh, they have this false, false perception of women, right? And sometimes people do that just by themselves without social media or TV. Like they see an attractive woman and they project the ideal woman onto her and start thinking that she's perfect or you know a potential mate or something like that. So. It's it's not only TV and social media. It just happens. No, a spot. Look, Phil, and what you're what you're saying there is there's nothing wrong with seeing something and liking it. There's nothing wrong with that, and that's that's it. That's an infatuation. That's a that's a normal kind of value or no, normal experience to experience. Um, but we've got to understand that obviously that there is a difference to what's real, and, and a lot of the images that you might see on online, um, they've been photoshopped. They've been worked. Yeah, um, some of the images of people you might see online, they've had work done where it's, it's kind of medical work, okay, to get themselves looking that kind of way as well. So, but a lot of the time it has been photoshopped, okay, so they're not real kind of images of or an I ideal person. Yeah. So, yeah, unrealistic a lot of the time. Uh, I said that so I could go into this next question. In your opinion, what's the difference between friendship, infatuation, love, and exploitation? Look, there is some of these kind of overlap, but there is a distinct difference between some of these as well. And um, I guess there is a fine line between friendship and love, for example. Um, for example, there's a love of the part, your partner and there's a love of a friend. Okay, so I love my friends. I love my kids. I love my wife. I love my parents. Okay, I love my work colleagues that I work with. I love my students. So again, how we use that word love is different Okay, depending on the person we're using it with. So I think it's important to understand that first and foremost. Um, but the love of friends and the love of a partner, let's talk about those two. So friends and a partner. So my friendship group, and then I'll say the love of my wife, for example. Now, both of these are shared between people with common interests, okay? You, you have similar likes, dislikes. Um, you accept a person no matter what their flaws are or what their strengths are. 
I think that's important. So that, that to me is love between a friend and love between a partner. We accept them no for, for who they are. We understand who they are. Um, we have similar interests to them and that's what brought us together, okay? Um, we do, there's some things that um, the person I feel that might need to develop a little bit more, but you know what? We work on that together. And that's true friendship and that's true love with a, with a partner. And I think that's love together. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So our next topic is toxic masculinity, which is a very big topic, very common in today's society in, in many cultures. So what kind of behaviors and actions are toxic for a male? Because like men are expected to behave in certain ways and like do certain things. So what kind of behaviors and actions are toxic and how can they be avoided? You know, sometimes these um, toxic situations or environments, it's hard to be avoided because it comes down to the environment that you're in. So if you're in an environment that's supportive, you're in an environment that's obviously um, you're respected, you know, you're, you're the lucky few that are out there because there's many people that are in environments that are out of their control. And I think it comes down to when a boy is told to be a man or toughen up, and I'm sure you've heard this before, like, and you might have heard it in your own environment. I know I've heard it myself growing up, and I still hear it till today in some of the environments that I move in. This is implying that you should fight back, okay? You, sh you should suppress your emotions. Um, you should show no pain. Um, never give up. Um, don't cry. Don't ever cry. Those kind of things. And to me, that that's a bit of a worry because what kind of young people, not just young men, what kind of young people are we raising Okay, if that's the kind of comments that we're throwing out at them. And I I would say um, to all the, all the adolescents out there, not just males or females, that if you do hear those terms kind of being thrown around, speak up about it. It's up to you to stamp it out. Okay, and I think um, society from yesteryear, okay, these were, these were just the, I guess these were the environments that our parents, okay, and our grandparents were grown up in but it's up to us to change that. Okay, so we've got the power to change that, whether we're males or females. And I think if you hear at any time, and even in your friendship groups, if you hear a friend say it, speak up. Just say, you know, and don't doesn't have to be in a negative way. I'm just you might just say to them, you know, mate, that's not that's that's actually not a nice statement to make. Um, or you might even just say, look, um, males and females are both allowed to have emotions. All right, so, and if you see someone saying it to someone else, speak up. You know, it's the same as bullying, and it's not, it might not be a form of bullying. These people obviously get these values or hear these things from people around them, so it's not their fault. But it's up to us to obviously make sure that this is something that we leave behind us, and we want people to express our emotions. So it's so important, and hopefully that will stamp out the toxic masculinity that exists currently in our society. And it will. I've got no doubt that we've, we've come a long way in the last 20 years, definitely the last 10 years when it comes to this point. But I think we've still got a long way to go. So, yeah, speaking of emotions, um, like men in general, you know, like usually hide their emotions, their feelings, um, like their fears, their insecurities, everything. And it's like, does expressing emotion make you less of a man? Like, I know the answer is no, obviously, but like, what are your thoughts on, on that? The actual answer is no way. Yeah. No way. I mean, I, I, I think this one, I, I, don't, I don't even want to give it airtime, to be honest. 
Um, emotions are important, you know, and sadly, you know, sometimes it takes, and this is probably when I talk about the maturity of a male, the reason where it takes, the intellectually and socially takes a lot longer than females because females get it a lot earlier than us. They understand the importance of expressing emotions. They understand the importance of crying, all right? They understand the importance of feeling, and it takes us a lot longer to mature in this status is because society is telling us that it's not okay. But you know what, boys? It, it, is, it is okay, and you should be doing it. Do it as often as you want. Cry. Sit down and cry. Watch a movie and cry. Read a book and cry. Look at, I don't know, what God has provided us in the environment, Mother Nature, and cry. Just the, see the beauty of it. Um, I don't know. I, I think about my dad, and I kind of that kind of I think about my dad, and, and as, as a single father raising some boys, you know. And I think all the, what he sacrificed, and what he, and that kind of that makes me emotional. So whenever I talk about my dad, I do. I can't help it, but I just get emotional because that's just the kind of environment. And I was very lucky, like I said, um, a single um, a single male father raising five boys. Now, some of, that could have gone either way, but my dad really took on the the what we should, would say or what society back in his day used to say, the role of a mother. And so he had to be both a father and a mother. So he had to make sure that we were obviously well-calculated human beings. And look, I think he might have missed the mark sometimes, but look, I think overall, I think my dad's done a great job kind of making sure that we, we do, do love women, that we do have respect, okay, for ourselves and that we do show emotions. So, and I, we've seen that through him, you know, through him modelling that. You know, there's times where I'd, I'd see my dad obviously upset about things and whether it's struggling financially or, you know, maybe thinking about, you know, feeling lonely, whatever it might be, but I knew that was real emotion. So we got to express, see that, and I think that's so important. So do can males cry? Can males um, express their emotions? The answer, you said it, yes, definitely. It's a natural so true. part of being human. Like everyone has emotions. Yeah, spot on. Jesus yeah. cried. Jesus felt pain. You know, he's the man knew he was going to be crucified. He knew it was going to happen, and he he expressed that. You know, he was crying out, "Father, why? Why are you put me in this situation for?" You know, he, there was a cry. There was a real emotion felt there. So I, I think you know, males over time, if we see that thing that's just society today, I think it's so important. Cry, watch a movie, cry with your loved ones. And it doesn't have to be just a, a sad cry. It can be a, a, a happy cry. Okay, like I said, when I think about my dad, it actually, it actually, it, it kind of it brings emotions onto me, but in a positive way, in a happy way. Mm. So, what is your perception of the alpha male and applications of dominance being the dominant and tough one? All right. So the alpha male, aka the top dog. Now, some of these terms you're going to hear, and you, I'm sure you've heard them already. Look, there's no place for this in our society as well. Um, we talk about toxic uh, masculinity. We talk about toxic environments. And I'm when I talk about a toxic environment, I'm talking about um, male um, hegemony, okay, and, and, and or masculine hegemony. Let's talk about masculine hegemony. So masculine hegemony is you know, pretty much it's an environment that um, – that encourages, okay, um, dominant male behaviour. And I have been involved in some of those environments in, in, in my in my younger years, okay. And it wasn't it wasn't the case for the people that were in, that were obviously leading those environments. It was just a male 
kind of environment. So whether you're playing a sport when it's just males, um, sometimes people can get carried away about um, certain behaviours and what, what's okay and what's not okay. And and sadly, you know, I was kind of exposed to that as a young age. And as I started to mature, okay, and, and get a little bit older, I started to understand that that's, that wasn't for me. So in a way, I was kind of led, led in those environments, which I thought was status quo. But as I got a little bit older, I understood that that was not the environment to be in. So um, I'd like to think today um, we've come a long way in society again. And if I go to, let's, let's talk about some of our elite sporting groups or just sporting groups in general, um, whether you guys are involved with yourselves, and I know a few of you guys are involved with this, you know, sporting groups yourselves as well. Um, Let's think about AFL. We've got the AFL finals happening at the moment. Um, Collingwood Football Club use um, and work with the Resilience Project. So they, they do gem reflections just like our students do each and every day. So they actually do the gem reflections. They understand the importance of it in that, in that environment to make sure that you know, their players are looking after themselves and being the best they can be as people, not just as athletes, but as people. So that's something that an, an elite male driven okay male environment normally okay is kind of really making sure that their players their male players uh, uh, are doing kind of you know each and every day um the other one we can go to is i'm just trying to think of some other, other groups um st kilda football club if people have been watching the final series or st kilda in particular and other clubs are doing this as well but look i'm a st kilda supporter so i'm gonna throw this one in so before before they run out at the start of each quarter, okay, they'll get they'll get into a huddle like most teams do, and their their captain or their leaders will talk to them about you know try and kind of motivate them or give them some last words before they they go off to play the next quarter or half. And what they're doing now is they're actually doing some mindfulness breathing. So they'll stay there and they'll do their three breaths, slow breaths, and they'll help calm themselves down. So these are things that we will not have seen five to 10 years ago, but we're seeing that now at our elite level. And so as a society, males and people just generally understand the importance, okay, of looking after ourselves, okay? So that that kind of uh, male dominance, okay, slowly, okay, becoming something of yesteryear. It's not something that's obviously kind of happening too much. It's still in our society, it still is, and I, it comes down to the environment again, it's about educating ourselves about how we um, move around, how we kind of connect with each other, how we connect with our loved ones, okay, how we treat each other. And it comes back to those those values we spoke about a little bit earlier about respect for ourselves, respect for others, you know, love of God, love of the environment, those kind of things. So finally, um, our biggest question, what does it mean to be a man? What does it be? Okay. You know, I... I, I hope that throughout this these conversations we had, you've kind of um, seen that this the values that are important to be a man, and I think they're they're the same as what it what it is to be a woman. Okay, so what does it mean to be a good person? Is what I want to call it. That's what it comes down to. It's not about being a man and being things like that, or um, what does it mean to be a man. It's about being a good person, and I think it comes down to love, respect ourselves. Respect others, show compassion, show affection, be kind, um, being responsible, hard working, so effort coming out in there, 
And I think about above all, it's about loving yourself. You know, um, you know, we can say in biblical terms, you know, you gotta love yourself before you can love others. Comes through, and that's so important. So, loving yourself is knowing yourself. You know, um, having good positive self-esteem, self-efficacy, and I think it comes down to that. So, being a good person is first of all knowing and loving yourself, and then sharing that love. Okay, with your community, with the people around you, um, working hard, and and just living those values. And I, I, I guess this means striving to be a, a person with a healthy esteem, self-esteem, which is true love and understanding of yourself. And can I finish on 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 this, guys? Um, and I think this connects our conversation really well. And this is from um, I'll I'll kind of quote here Barack Obama, former um, U.S. president. If you're confident about your strength, you don't need to show me by putting someone else down. Show me by lifting someone else up. And I think that brings it all together nicely. It's so important that we know ourselves. And when you say when you see a situation where someone might be expressing themselves in a negative way and maybe not being a good role model for males, um, I'd say speak up. Just like you would speak up if someone was obviously doing something in a bullying way, I'd say speak up and just it's not about being negative with that person or being angry with that person. It's just making them aware about the right way to go about things and the, the values that we should be celebrating, I guess, um, as a society and definitely males in that society as well. Beautiful. So I think these are all the questions we have for you today. Thank you so much for joining us, Mr. Marshall. Thanks, gentlemen. And can I just say, I'm, I'm, I really am, and I said this earlier, but I, I am really kind of proud to see males taking the lead in this conversation because it's so important, and, and not just males, young ma males and young men, um, because our future is definitely in your hands, and it's so important that we make sure that we get this message out loud and clear. Okay? Thanks, gents. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dave, Mr. Dale Marshall. Thank you.